When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by Catanzari Financial Services and Anderson, Augustino, and Keller. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. And uh, there's no game this weekend, but we have a lot to talk about with uh, with Irish Echoes coming up. We'll, we'll be talking more about Clemson in segment two, but Friday night will be Irish Echoes. The awards, uh, we used to call it banquet. It's not a banquet, I guess. They don't use that term anymore, but... Uh, and it's way better. I mean, it's way, way more entertaining uh, than what they used to call it, the rubber chicken circuit. It's it's way more entertaining than that. It's a nice event. And uh, segment one, we're going to devote strictly to what we believe to be the award winners this year. We're going off of last year's categories. They generally change that up depending upon trying to fit a, a an senior. award for a player, an award for a senior, yeah. So we'll start with... Um, should we save most valuable for last? Let's start with um, offensive player of the year. Uh, I think be, I would go Sam Lester for, for that one. I think that that's they won't they won't give it to Ian Book. Um, oh, you're guessing that they're going to give it yeah. to? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, but let yeah. me and, and I think that Mustafer is quite deserving of it as well. I think that losing Alex Bars in the middle of the season sort of enhances the case for Mustafer. You know, did he have, I think, the All-American or, like, Nick Martin-esque season that I was expecting? Probably not. But uh, I think to basically hold the line together, they started, I think, four different lineups in the course of about a seven-week span. Um, Overall, I thought the the line, I don't want to say they overachieved, um, and, you know, the Joe Moore thing, whatever, Um, I overall, I just thought that Mustaver had a, a very significant role on this team that is probably a little bit underappreciated because of the Bars injury on top of McGlinchey and Nelson departing and a new position coach. Tim, before you say anything, I want to. These are our guidelines. It's a senior. Yeah, it's almost uh, always. A well, senior. Not yeah, always, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that high level, of but it's going to be a senior, team. and we're yeah. we're not going to have. Re- Repeat choices because they won't have any repeat, choices. right? Which yeah. is why, well, Tim, you go ahead, but uh, it's why I have a problem with picking Mustafer for, for that because of another award. Although I tend to agree with what you're saying. Go ahead, Tim. I'm um, sorry. Mine would be book if I was giving out the award. Yes, you know, if I was charged to give out the award, but because uh, most of them are going to be seniors, I think they'll give it to Dexter Williams, our offensive MVP. Because um, I have Mustafer, I think will win the moose. I think Mustafer is going to win the whatever they call it nowadays, the Guardian of the Year award. You know. I don't know yeah. who else they're going to pick for that. So I, that's my... I mean, I kind of think Miles Boykin <clears throat> might be yeah. a, a really good choice. I mean, he's had a, a, a huge breakout year. He's a senior. He's going to. He almost undoubtedly is not going to come back for his fifth year of eligibility. He isn't going to come back for his fifth year. Of... Is that shaky? We'll you hear him shaky there? Yeah. Well, that'd be good. But uh, I'll pick Miles Boykin. Huge year, breakthrough year, more uh, twice as many touchdown receptions <clears throat> as, as any other 
receiver. These are hard because they uh, also could like make Miles Boykin the newcomer of the year because they made Jonas Crazy. Yeah, they could. I mean, we're we're, so we're the like we're going to yeah. get like two of these correct yeah, because yeah. it's all over the board. Defensive player of the year. Um, I will go. I, yeah, Julian Love will be defensive player of the year, and I'm trying to like. Sort through well, who's right, the DB exactly. of the year. You, well, you DB will be Alohi Gilman. You have to find ways. Defensive player yeah, of the year will yeah. be Julian Love. I think that's a lock. Like, you, if there was a, a, if I could put money on this, I would. Mine will be. I was first thinking Coney, but they can give him another award. So I think it'll be Julian Love will be the lone. Yeah, I've got yeah. I've got love for something else. That's, that's what makes us different. Yeah. I I choose Coney. He's a senior. He's been. He was probably more great as a as a junior right, than a right. senior year, but. I mean, he's been he's been a stabilizing force in the middle of that defense for two years. I would go with uh, with Tavon Coney, Rockney, Rockney Student Athlete Award. It I, won't be tranquil because he had one class, yeah, so he won't defend it, right? <laughs> right. So it's got to be somebody else really smart, despite being yeah. a finalist for the academic Heisman. I mean, Mustafer probably didn't have enough classes either. He would be a candidate for this. Uh, uh, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be a four yeah. it's got to be a, a four year a, a fourth player, year, senior. A senior, yeah, yeah, probably that makes it hard. Uh, none I think of us. they could give it. I think Drew Tranquil could probably still get away with this one. With his three point. See, I have more Tranquil, for frankly. I was going to say they're both engineering I, yeah. students. I have Tranquil for a different award. I feel like this is not an award where you can only you, if you win this one, you can't win anything. No, that's yeah, true. that's true. And it could be a walk on too. That they don't just they don't only give this to uh, top players. The Rockney yeah. students. Some of them just give it yeah. to the best student. I guess. <laughs> I, mean, I guess we're not we're not award. dialed in well enough yeah. to the the top student athletes. But uh, newcomer of the year offense, newcomer of the year defense. It's so hard because they could pick a senior. I mean, this is what Ian Book will win newcomer of the year. On right. That's, that's, who, that's what I think. Okay, we agree on one. I think he'll win that too, even though <laughs> I would have his offensive MVP. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. And I really think I think the newcomer of the year defense is kind of a layup too. Yeah, it'll be Gilman. Yes. It'll be Loki Gilman. Because there's no defense. I feel like he'll be DB of the year. Do they have one um, every year? Do they have, a, do they have, do they have a specific? I feel like they do. I know they did once. It's not on my sheet, so it can't be possible. It's not possible. Um. Yeah, so it's. I mean, you could have Okwara win this. He's a newcomer for them. The way they call it, the way they call this thing. Yeah, you could. I mean, I think, you could have give it to Khalid Kareem. You could have Kareem win it. I yeah, mean, there, there's. There, I mean, Gilman they, truly is the newcomer. He's an actual newcomer yeah. as yeah. opposed to guys that played last year. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but that is not how they do it. Yeah, as I said, Jonas Gray. This is where the whole Mustafer. I mean, the 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 offensive lineman of the year and the Moose Kraus lineman of the year awards. They, that, that's where I had Mustafer as offensive lineman. Well, of the, the year. lineman of the year is that. They've been giving it to defense recently. Yeah, Terry Tillery will win lineman. Of yeah, year. that's who I had down because the Moose Cross is. Yeah, the up. Moose Cross is the big, yeah. the big award for so that. The Guardian, so Tillery should is he will he should win that. The Guardian for me was Mustafer. That's where I slotted him. But if you're slotting him somewhere else, then but that's how I Mustafer slotted as yeah. the offensive lineman of the year. I know who else they give that award to. I wonder if they will give an award to Alex Bars. Like I have Alex Bars down here in the next two uh, segments. Actually, okay. coming down, the guy will pull it out on you. Yeah, I mean nobody nobody creates awards better than Mike Bray for basketball. Yes. But, captain of the award. But <laughs> uh, I used to when I coached, I gave up captains awards because it was it was a good way of covering all your bases. Now this this is a tricky one too. Special teams player of the year, and I, I've got one that you probably get, you guys probably don't. Why is it tricky? Because you could uh, give it. A, yeah, I think it'll be you, but you could give it to Fink. Yeah, see, I'd think Justin but you think certainly deserves it. I wasn't yeah. even thinking in terms of kickers. Fink seems kind of like a, a smart dude. He maybe he'll be your scholar. See, the throw them all. Maybe these guys. Around. He seems like a smart <laughs> dude. Smart to me. That's why you do your research, yeah. man. Yeah. 
He doesn't look that fast, though. You know, uh, <laughs> I think that um, here's the word you said. By what's, the way, what's Alex Barnes? Hunter Renfro yeah. is better than Chris Fink. He is, of course, but it's like, it, was, it is a career award, though, for Hunter Renfro. Well, and it should be. It should I know be. people are crying about Fink <laughs> didn't get it because yeah. <laughs> it is a career Hunter award. Hunter Renfro is yeah. really good. Chris yeah. Fink's numbers are better, but he's Hunter Renfro's really damn good. Well, at some point in his career, Hunter Renfro has to have an award for the best walk-on because he did it against Alabama twice. Exactly. So you have to get it. Exactly. So you think? So you think you you think you you think you get special teams? Did you have somebody in mind? Uh, you, I thought you interfaced. I think it's automatic teams. for Justin. Yeah, I think that's the one you right. plug him in for. I got you. All right, the Nick Petrosani Award. I'm the only one old enough to know what that name is, but it he. Well, no, I wasn't. He played before I was born, actually. But it's been a award they've given out for a long time, and it's for the player who best exemplifies, quote, courage, loyalty, teamwork, dedication, and pride. I mean, the obvious choice here is Tranquil, but I have Tranquil getting a different award. Yeah, he can't, it can't be. So true. it's Alex Bars. And, and, Austin, and Austin, Webster, Austin Webster got it last yeah, year. This will be Alex Bars. Good one. Good call on that one. I certainly wouldn't disagree with that. I think Julian Love could absolutely yeah. get that award as well, especially if his intentions are to leave after this year, which we have heard. I've now heard completely two opposite things. Yeah. On so, Julian yeah, Love. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't so I don't. So we don't. Yeah. In other words, that, yeah, that's the one we don't know, and we're trying we to don't talk know. about these things. We don't know. Um, <laughs> this this is hard too because we don't we don't hear about these guys at all. Scout team player of the year offense, scout team player of the year defense. Uh, I think scout team player of the year offense, I'll take a shot in the dark with Phil Dracovic for that, that one. That was my guess, too. I just don't know if the, did they ever give it to the quarterback or not. I don't know. I was going to give it to... Everett Golson. Yeah, I was going to give did. it to... Yeah, Jeff. that was the well, first was time just, we talked to him. That was a carrot to throw him no, until I mean, he, he got... he was in really the, good on the scout team yeah. he started the very next year. <laughs> I figured Jarrett Patterson, who's a guy that Brian Kelly has praised a couple times mm-hmm. and has gotten a little bit of playing time, at, but I'm sure was not... Although, no, you know what? I mean, he was he was second team, right? So, yeah. I don't know. I We don't know, we don't know on any of these. Scout scary. team player of the year defense. But like last year was easy because of Gilman. You knew he was the best yes. player on the yeah. team that wasn't playing. Yeah, yeah, because um, he was ineligible to play opposed to a guy who was redshirting. Right, so you don't know who really is made waves like i was thinking like you could even give depending on how much they still like him what he's done if you're if you're really drilling down like joe wilkins is the guy that kept coming up from scout team offense back and forth with mm-hmm. so they must like what he was doing yeah but maybe they just keep you on the scout team the whole time and that's the prerequisite for who, who what fr- like what freshman has stood out defensively has jack lamb been healthy enough to, to be a no. to be on it scout team yeah, I mean, yeah, he, shane simon i feel like probably was not on the scout team right enough. No. right that's that's yeah. why this is the toughest you know there are no all the defensive linemen were either up or injured. The linebackers are you're really limited to Ovi Agufo because he was the only one who was healthy. And then you're at DJ Brown, Noah Boykin, Derek Allen. That's you know, a possible. One. I know Derek Allen was close to being activated a few times this year, and then the games were just like he he had been activated for special teams, but like the games uh, okay. were too tight for him yeah. to play. That's right, a good. Right. I, I would go with Allen then. Yeah, that's defense. a good. Because you also sometimes choice. they go to a really good player that didn't get to play to make him feel better too. And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not, that's that's logical. You should. Yeah, like you're rewarding him for a job well done. Yeah, and he's a he would probably be the top of that list. Yeah, so I think Jerkovic, I yeah Jerkovic and Derek Allen will be my okay. My picks there. Uh, the the father Lang. Iron Cross Award. It's for the the top performer in the weight room. Durham Smythe won it last year. 
Um, if if it was just flat out best guy in the weight room, obviously it would have been Quentin Nelson because yeah, he's bench pressing. Like, there's a reason twice in Matt Bayless's of... office there's an autographed Quentin Nelson football <laughs> and not one from Durham Smythe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So who do you think it that's is? Not you the got only reason. That, that is? I think this is the award that will go to Tavon Coney. That's a good call. Oh, okay. I mean, he's completely jacked up. Guy. Yeah, yeah. If he that's doesn't get the call. defensive MVP, yeah. this is his award. That's yeah. a good right. call. And like you know, although considering the cracks that Brian Kelly seems to make about him eating Hardee's and Burger King, yeah, that's I thought not about good. that. But right, in right, the weight room, he's not eating it. Yeah, like that's how much he's working out. That well, I don't he can't think... tell he eats Hardee's and Burger with the King. rules that Matt Bayless has on the wall. <clears throat> eating while you're in the weight room, it's yeah. not up there, but I'm sure that's that's yeah. understood. It's no sitting. Yeah, then they didn't give us a chair. <laughs> I'm just saying, we like, had I... a no sitting rule yeah. when we were watching the the announcement and there are no chairs so think, we couldn't think, sit think I, how hard it would be I can't comment on to that to look like Tavon Coney if you ate fast food all the time yeah that's true I mean that's that's how hard he works out <laughs> he must be really that's a good point out. that's a good point I still didn't think it was that was possible yeah. but that's a good point I he must have cut out though fast food for a while to get cut like he he was. I don't know. I mean, he likes to go to JJ's Fish, and right. uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fried food happening there. All right. Well, I, the, I, the Irish are on the bend award for community service. Can't go to Nick Wisher again because he just got a national award. <laughs> he has to get it. Doesn't <laughs> no, he? then he has to get it. To, you know who else can get it? Um, is Newsom does a lot of things too. Mm. Tyler Newsom is the dark horse because yeah. he needs it. That'd be great. Yeah. No, that and that'd be great. Yeah, he he's a, a ton he's of community a, service. Yeah. Tyler Newsom was we he was named. We had more access to him last year when he wasn't a captain. <laughs> He's a captain. We don't ever. <laughs> I don't know what to say. If I say something, it'll be deemed critical, and I don't want to do that. Walk on players union player of the year. It was Robert. It was Robert Regan last year. Hudson. That was my choice. Mm-hmm. Brandon Hudson, who was really, really good on special teams, and that's a two hundred forty pound kid on special teams coverage, which you don't. I mean, kick coverage. You don't get a lot. You don't yeah. get a lot of guys that size. You got an opinion? I know the holding was pretty good. I guess after uh, Ian Book yeah. was Nolan. elevated to starting, they probably Nolan, so Henry, Nolan right? Henry maybe gets a wow. Gets Nolan a Henry's really, really good. He's been did here you a see, while as well. Did you see Will Sweeney, the walk-on son? Oh, of... yeah, I forgot about um, Keenan. Keenan. Keenan Sweeney. Keenan Sweeney. Because he was on some. Oh, I'm talking about. I'm talking about Dabo's son oh. holding oh, on. Holding on kicks for Clemson. Did he do that all year? Because I saw him I drop. He, I know he scored against Louisville. <laughs> he scored a touchdown against Louisville. I know he, I know yeah. he did that. Uh, Everybody scores against Louisville. Yeah, but does he have two sons on the team? Herb Street's about to. You know that? What? Kirk Herb Street's got two kids walking on and preferred walk-ons for uh, Clemson, Clemson this year. I didn't know he, had, yeah, he, I didn't know he his trust, kids were that He old. said he would trust his kids to about seven or eight coaches in the country. And Dabble Sweeney being one yes. of them. Well, how about that? Uh, Impact Player of the Year was an award they gave out last year that they gave to Tavon Coney. My choice would be Dexter Williams if he's oh, not. That's a good one. Yeah, because yeah. man, that dude had. Of course, Ian Book had a huge impact right. too. But I mean, man, did he have a huge impact? Yeah. On the hardest thing about this is filling in people in awards to make sure they all get one, which yeah. is what they really are. Yeah, and we don't. Yeah, and we don't. Pool. We yeah. don't necessarily have a uh, list of. Yeah, we're Dexter, I that. think Dexter Williams would be. Yeah, probably a, if they a, actually a, have that award this year. Perfect. So my, yeah, they might remove the award. So my, my offensive MVP is really Book, and then I think they'll give it to Williams, unless this award still exists, then they'll give that to him. Right. So it's really difficult to figure this out. Well, then that would, well, then, okay, the last one that we have here. Next man in. Is next man in. You know who in. I think is going to get this? Brandon Wimbush. For coming in and winning the Florida State game. 
Oh well, that's a good. That's a good he's call. He's going to get an award against the 117th ranked. Pass unless Brandon Wimbush, unless Brandon Wimbush gets the uh, Pietrasanti award for dedication to his team. That is a good call. That's a really good um, call. I think the next man in will probably be more like Aaron Banks or Ruland, one of those two guys. Ruland's a senior. Banks. I would. I would agree with that. But what player epitomized the next man in in one game better than Drew White against Navy? I they guess just you guys don't agree. No, I mean it would. No, yeah. no I know they're not. Yeah. I know, and they're not going to do it for one game, right? Right. Per That's, se, but yeah. maybe Wimbush will get the. I mean, just out of the blue, just here he's look, getting an award. That's Brandon number Wimbush. forty. That's Drew White. Yeah. He's playing was, in the first quarter the, against Navy. That's the media shock award, though. Yeah, too. no doubt. <laughs> no, he did. Check the roster. I mean, I don't want to make fun of it. He did it. He, you know, he really did. He really did a nice job. We literally did not. We all had to double. We went back to the August rosters. We printed. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, who is that? No, I knew number forty. Yeah. So uh, MVP, <laughs> and that's why I haven't said his name yet. And I think he's going to win the award. The most valuable player. All around, I say it this way, you guys are with me. In every aspect of the team is Drew Tranquil. That's a no-brainer. Uh, I agree. Yeah. So that's why I couldn't All right. do we'll, we'll end on. Yeah. Uh, I want the win, the Wimbush bet is our only bet. What does he win? I say. Well, I like I like the Petrosani okay. award. That's I. I, I just figure you got to get Bars an award for sure, and he's hard for him to win other places when he's hurt. Yeah, bars are good award. They'll, they'll, isn't there? I mean, there is a offensive. There is a offensive lineman of the year, isn't there? Like a guardian, like Wilman. Maybe. That yeah, it, yes. I feel like you could give that to bars because yeah. Mustafer will be okay. the offensive all right. player of the year. We got it all covered, man. We'll come back segment two with burning up the boards. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire. Irish Illustrated listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code IRISH today. That's promo code, all caps, I-R-I-S-H for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. We're into segment two, our burning up the board segment. We start with a question from at Fan 88 Which coach currently on the staff would be most likely to be promoted to head coach if Brian Kelly were to retire? I'm going to go back to Pete's interview with <laughs> Brian Kelly in the offseason and say that Mike Elston is the number one most ready person to be a head coach he's ever had around him. And it would be Elston because Elston could actually <coughs> be the head coach with Chip Long and Clark Lee doing their duties and them not resenting the entire situation as well. Yeah. I mean, look, no, the answer is no one. Um, but let the bowl game something you know right yeah but the answer is you would have to go outside and find someone new there's not a there's there's no Ryan Day Lincoln Riley on right. the staff but you if it happens where the playoff game they need a new head coach it's yes. Mike Elston right right if you know someone was struck by lightning yeah. Mike Elston would be the interim head coach I I mean there's no doubt about it and Brian Kelly's not retiring anytime soon so we'll move on to uh, at Chris Lom seven do you think Nordane would consider naming a successor to Coach Kelly before he leaves say someone like Clark Lee we have seen several schools do this like Oklahoma and Ohio State also I think men's basketball will still be a surprise did you add this did you I add didn't do that <laughs> I didn't I didn't yeah. do that but I, well I mean I did go ahead and type they, it in I yeah. Mean, they are a surprise. Uh, I'm sorry, we're kind of stepping on the first question, but um, I mean, let's say that you know, let's say I, I mean, I don't even know how to portray it here. We're two, three years down the road. I mean, would would Nordame do that? Would Jack Swarbrick be likely to do that? I know he's. I mean, he clearly stated when he hired Brian Kelly that he didn't. He wasn't going to hire somebody without head coaching experience. I wouldn't do it. 
I mean, I would never do it. Yeah. How much history at Notre Dame do you need to know that that doesn't work? <laughs> I mean, seriously, how much? Because, He's coming into your stadium next year. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing, uh, I mean, I'll do respect to their Chris Lom seven here, but like, this is the kind of question that was probably asked about Mike Elko a year ago and Mike Sanford a year before that uh, and Bob Diaco before that. And I mean, you look at how those have worked out or not worked out and it's give me a successful college head coach. Like if you, a year from now, if Brian Kelly retires and your choice is Clark Lee, Mike Elston, Chip Longer, Matt Campbell, I mean, what, what's the choice? You hire the guy who has proven he can run a successful Power 5 program. By the gate. By the way, my guy, Matt Rule, might be uh, doing well enough to move on in a couple of years like with all the money he's making and could be to a game. Um, I no longer find him untouchable. I, yeah, I mean, I I, I I agree with you guys, but, but I would just say that if... I mean, Clark Lee just might be the exception to the rule, and... and Jack Swarbrick won't make that decision, and I agree that he shouldn't. But maybe Clark Lee might, just because of the level-headed approach that that he has to everything, he might be the exception He's to that. So role. new into his career, though, yeah. No, I mean, I agree. He's all, yeah, I mean, position, he just, you know, yeah, he just he has he has one year as a, a defensive coordinator. I think if so you weren't at Notre Dame, be. Clark Lee's a good coach and waiting in Notre Dame. That's a really hard thing to roll with, right there. I mean, that's a lot more. What than if it was? What if it was three years from now? He'd probably already be a head coach somewhere else. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, he'll have yeah. that successful. And yeah. now, I mean, it's a lot. It's a fine question to ask because Lincoln Riley is obviously the shining light of this mm-hmm. modern era of Navy. Yeah, but, I, coach, but, but yeah, but I mean, well, like it, he them. absolutely is the exception of the rule. We don't know how Zach Day is going to do it. No, Ohio well, State. they tried it with Luke Fickle when they had or, to. It didn't work out. Yeah, Ryan Day. Ryan right, Day, yeah. I'm sorry. Who's Zach Day? Zach Smith, probably. Is oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, I'm kind of, two people that you I'm, shouldn't be complaining. <laughs> he, he, he won't do all that well at Ohio State, yeah. Zach Smith. Um, no, he doesn't have a future there. <laughs> he had a pretty good run. Um, yeah, I, uh, but I would just go back to after 2015, we probably would describe Mike Sanford in similar terms to how we're talking about Clark Lee right now. I mean, I you have to go back, I don't, man, go, I go don't. back and think about how you felt about Mike Sanford at this time in 2015, not how you think about him now. It's hard to I know. remove all the Western Kentucky and 2016. I don't know that I gave Mike Sanford that much credit then. I thought I thought I he liked was him a guy as a that, future coach, like I like Tommy Reese as a future coach. I don't know. I don't know what you said on our podcast three years ago, <laughs> but someone can find it. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I remember Mike Sanford being on. Listed on message boards and Twitter, it was like this guy's future Notre Dame head coach, and our access to him, which was very limited. Me coming away from that thinking, like, huh, you know, this guy sort of has everything that you yeah. want. And I and I feel that way about Clark Lee. I've spent way more time with Clark Lee than I ever did with Mike Sanford. I feel like I know him differently than I knew Sanford. And yeah, everything about Clark Lee to me screams this guy is going to be a successful head coach at some point down the road. Yeah, but I think Tim's point is he's so he's so I mean he's just so he, new to a so leadership new to role. The, yeah, it's a leadership it's role. It's just a hard. And you I think know, it, the last time Notre Dame promoted a head coach, it made a young Tim O'Malley very unhappy, and he was right. Yeah. The young Tim O'Malley. Young Tim O'Malley was right. Yeah, they should not have done that. Uh, so was, Bob Davy is who he is referring to at. It actually was. Well, it's not Matt Rogers. It was at Matt's Rogers. Over the next month, up until December 29th, what proportion of time will be spent on Clemson preparation, and what proportion on Alabama? And I think he put a, asked, a quote around Alabama, meaning we don't know that Alabama is necessarily going to be the the team that they would play if they defeat Clemson. But your answers. 
I just think advanced scouting goes to Alabama and Oklahoma. Mostly, but all preparation goes to class. That's why you have GAs and analysts. Yeah, all preparation yeah. on the field goes, and Absolutely. assistant coaches goes And to plus class. you, have, you yeah. would have 10 days between games, and they're accustomed to, and I know <laughs> yeah. it would be the national championship game, and I know it would be Nick Saban in Alabama, but these guys are conditioned to get ready for a team in seven days, really six days. Analysts are, analysts are working on. Yeah, Alabama. That's here. Yeah, that's why they're here for. They're, they, those animals don't get to do what they want to do all the time. They have yeah. to go study Oklahoma right. and Alabama right now. But. I mean, also notable that's that's dead period time. Mm-hmm. Coaches aren't on the road recruiting, which they are now. I mean, I, I think fans sort of miss the. It's not like Chip Long and Clark Lee and Brian Kelly have been in their office these last two weeks. No, with the plan for Clemson, they haven't even been here. They're about to yeah. come back to for the Echoes, right? I mean, they've been across the country getting awards and right, and, you, all and, that, and but, recruiting. I mean, but you know that you know the coordinators are looking at film. Of, oh yeah, these guys course, too. But, but it's not on. The... It's not on a. I mean, it, it's what you're saying. It's not on a everyday full time basis. They can't. Yeah, I mean, I think they're looking at Clemson. Probably more similarly to how we're looking at Clemson, just like oh, that's interesting tape. Oh, make a note of that. I'll look at this later. You know. Starting mm-hmm. starting, I think this weekend. I think then they lock into that. They don't ever look at a game like we do. I'm saying I'm saying closer <laughs> to that. Yeah, that's close to I'm in my office for 18 hours. Okay, a day. but like, I mean, but the, but you don't have I, okay. Well, I, I, tape I, I, from 2006. I, yeah, but you don't have to be in your office to look at film. I mean, you, you can every, everything's everything can be on our laptop. Anyway, we're spending way too much time on that. At way to go, K man is always in here. He Way is. Okay, man. Keeps getting in. Uh, he yeah. is, and so does CMU Pence yep. fan, and and uh, go fight, win, go Irish. Uh, but this is way to go, K-Man. Based on your view from preseason, which players overachieve the most and which underachieve the most? Uh, overachieved. I mean, can we? Do you want to remove the quarterback situation from this? Yeah. Yes. This book is clearly. So I feel like he. That's the answer to both yes. ends of that spectrum. Um, yeah. I mean, book. It's not. It's not even a question. Who overachieves the most with, with Ian Book, right? Right. That, that's if you're the quarterback who get benched, you would think like yeah, because we did not. Yeah. Oh, you, we figured I, there is one more bet we forgot to uh, rectify. Oh, I to, said that Brandon Wimbush would be replaced before eighteen point five uh, halves. Ooh, and it was really yeah, on the podcast. There we go. Eighteen point five. We'll look. Somebody looked that up. Quarters, quarters, yeah. quarters. Because that was the Stanford game. Like halves. Halves. Yeah, you didn't make it. Yeah, uh, hit the Stanford game. Right. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, I, you know, Alohi Gilman, biggest overachiever, I think, by a wide, wide margin. Because he was. I mean, it's interesting to look at Gilman's career and, and think great. about what we great. thought about him in spring, in the beginning of August, when it was still the coaches. It felt like we're selling us on Alohi Gilman because we were sort of waiting to see it for ourselves. I don't know if we ever really saw it until the season started, and then we saw it immediately, and it was just it was on the rest of the I th- year. I thought there was a I thought there was a glimpse in a blue goal game. Okay, just just filling the alley. I don't think that there was anything that we could see. You know, I mean, we could You're possibly. Right. Yeah, you were walking away from the blue goal thing, and like, huh? No, but it was, like, but it, but it was like, best players. no, but it was like, okay, I I saw what they were right. saying now, um, Tim. Gilman's a good one. Um, it, it's hard because I really thought, have always thought that Fink was going to be good. So I, maybe he doesn't. I liked him before you liked him. Yes, you did. You had me on one. You had me on that when he beat Max Redfield. I had to see him beat somebody else. But um, Aquara, I think he's the best edge pass rusher they have had since when? Two thousand three. The, the ultimate. 
pass rusher. So Justin you're Tuck. you're you're putting that in the c- category of overachievement. Yeah, I thought he would just be a solid. I mean, I had him better than Dalen Hayes, but close. So if you look back, I did the top twenty-five for Douglas, and I had a, I bet I had Aquara twelve and Hayes fourteen. Aquara's top five. Aquara had a great year. Um, Gilman looked really good in August camp. That was the first time he, I, any of us got on board with the Hello He Gilman yeah. thing. Um, so I'm going to go Aquara because I always like Fink. <laughs> I mean, Fink had a really good, did a really, yeah. really big year, but we've always thought Fink could be really good. Yeah. I mean, I was, I guess I was surprised that he was really kind of pushed aside last year. Yeah. yeah. But I get it because you yeah. had. <laughs> Because he had McGlinchey and Nelson, you had right, Adams, right. and you wanted to run the football, so you had tight ends in there. And he said he couldn't. He For said me, to us he couldn't block last year. He told us that. He said I could block this year. I was yeah, not a good blocker last I, year. To me, I, I think Jalen Elliott is the clear choice because at least we yeah. were being told by the coaching staff that Gilman was a player, and I had that little glimpse in yes. in the blue gold game. <laughs> Elliott, I remember now, it was like a couple plays where he yeah. filled the alley, but. But Elliot, I mean, we weren't we weren't sure. We figured Gilman was going to start in August. We didn't necessarily know. I can remember coming out of Culver writing about. Remember, Nick Coleman was playing with, yeah, with the number one unit at safety. It's like, okay, well, he Jalen Elliott to the level that he has played. I never ever anticipated him being as good as he has become. It made yeah, it. That's a good point. I think Elliot probably is the call here. Pete and I went on better players because they went. Uh, all-American-ish. Yeah. Elliot, though, could have been benched in our eyes going into the season. If yeah. someone said, if you yeah. said what defensive player is going to get benched, you'd have said either Asmar Bilal or Jalen Elliott. Yeah, I mean, I would just, I guess I would right. distinguish between uh, <laughs> most improved and overachieving. Mm. I think Jalen Elliott is probably the most okay. improved guy. I think there's a kind of a fine line there. Yeah. Do you guys want to, sure. I mean, I don't, I'm not real comfortable Saying underachieved, you know, quite honestly, I, I can say it with the position group. I thought I don't care what they're up, word they're up for. I don't think the offensive line achieved. I, I I don't think they underachieved, but they didn't get any better than I thought they would. Like coming into the year, I thought it was a problem, and it remained a problem for me. And that, playing at the highest level of football, I I, I realize they can run through yeah. the teams they played at the highest level of football. I just don't think they are. I'm glad they improved since uh, the Pittsburgh game. When they they've kind of coalesced, as this is going to be our line. This is how we're going to do it. We're going bigger, more power. Right. Um, but the wide receivers did not underachieve. No. The quarterback position did not underachieve. The running backs did not underachieve. Uh, the tight ends achieved probably where you thought they would. Um, the defensive backs overachieved. The linebackers at least achieved where you thought they would, if not over. And the yeah. defensive line's the best group on the team. So it has to be the All offensive right. line. Well, did you're, not quite you're get totally my... copping out because your name of positions and not. You're you're naming areas and not a player. Uh, I would say I thought I thought Mustafer would be a top five player on the team, and I don't think he was. I would say I thought Hainsey would be better, and he had a rough. He was inconsistent. Banks is better than I thought he'd be because I didn't think he'd get in there. Yeah, uh, Bars was Bars was really good. Yeah, when he got know, hurt, man. He was like he was playing. I, mean, I don't great know that football. I'd put him at the top of the list, but he really improved. He was playing really good football, yeah. Bars, because he, uh, he had played so much before that. But. And then Eichenberg, I guess I, I focus too much on when he gets beat. You know what I mean? I think that if we watch more, if, if you look, if you when you go back in the tape and find all the times he throws a key block, yeah, I probably... think I think too. I think in, when we're sitting here recapping twenty twenty. Yeah. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna be talking about Liam Eichenberg as being a really good offense, and the tackle. whole line maybe. You know, yeah, well, it's these guys yeah, with it Banks should. and Eichenberg yeah. and Hainsey. And I don't really have an underachiever. I mean, I like, I, I would agree with Mustafer. I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say underachieved. It was I don't think that he 
he didn't improve as much as I expected him to improve. I thought he'd improve like Bars did. Uh, Bars was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, not, and, not, and we're and we're measuring that we're not you know he has I mean, a higher we don't bar. Know, he has a high bar. And we don't know right. what I mean. Look what Musfer had to do without Bars next oh, to him yeah, from yeah. a from a mental yeah. standpoint. Everything. A, yes. Yeah. Yes. It was everything. Yes. Yeah. But from a physical standpoint, he didn't improve the way I thought he would. Okay. Yeah, right, I mean, so who, I, I'm sorry, I think I'm more wrong. with O'Malley. Is like, I think the offensive line as a unit felt like it was less than the sum of its parts too often. Yeah, that's a good way to um, say it. Inconsistency. I, th- I, you know, the next I trouble I, against I, Clemson. I, I guess I would have said. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's all I'm searching for too is pl- them playing Clemson and those type of teams. It yeah. wasn't what they could right. do against Northwestern. You know, I thought. But I mean, they weren't great against like Ball State no, or no. Vanderbilt. That, that's when Alex Bars was actually in there. Um, I guess I thought you know Dalen Hayes would have more of a an impact from game one to game twelve, but he I thought he had a good November. Like I thought he was coming on towards the yeah. end of the year. You know, he was injured a little bit in the mid yeah. part, and like that's but that's kind of one of those things where like okay, well if Dalen Hayes had had more of an impact, maybe then Okwara and Kareem would have had less. Like I don't know, you know, you can only have so many guys who are <laughs> can only have so uh, many defensive at ends a, on an the field level. Um, you can't have four defensive and ends. And Dalen on the Hayes field. was part of their their dime package, yeah. which was really effective. Yeah. So. You know, I, I think that's one. Once you you take a step back and you stop looking at Dalen Hayes of like he was a five star and rivals and all that stuff, you're just like, no, he's he just had a really good junior year, but it wasn't a great junior year in the way that it was yeah. for Kareem and Okwara. Yeah. So it's you know it's kind yeah. of a relative. They're issue. twelve and zero, so we have to nitpick who underachieved. Right. right. Exactly. You gotta look pretty hard. Exactly. Yeah. All right, I've got two questions here together, uh, and they're kind of long. Jay Jay Thunders, hard to believe that. This would ever be asked following the 2016 debacle, but has Brian Kelly put himself back in the conversation of legendary indie coaches going 22-3 and in the last two seasons? And then from at Giuliano Romeo, should BK be in the same conversation as Saban, Sweeney, Meyer after what he has done the last two years? Do the first part first, right? I think it's a good slotting because I think it was easier for Dan Devine to win one national title. I I didn't actually read that part of it. The slotting was between... Guessing somewhere between Divine and Holt. So right. Divine has a national title. I do think it was easier for Dan Divine coming off of Air Percy Jin to win one national title in his time at Notre Dame. Um, so I think it's, you know, Brian Kelly's had two great years, two really good years, a bad year, and some average years. Two great years is pretty good, man, with the two other really good years. So I, I know that Divine has a title, and that does trump everything. And if Brian Kelly loses 40-10 to 10 against Clemson, I'm going to say, oh, maybe he's probably the third He's behind those guys still. Or he's behind Holtz. But it's not crazy to say that if Brian Kelly just has a... They play really well against Clemson, he loses, and Brian Kelly keeps coaching like this, that he's behind Holtz as the fifth guy at Notre Dame. That's. I think it's the only conversation you could have, is yeah. Divine or Kelly. Yeah. I don't Holtz. think you can have Kelly versus anybody else. No, I agree. But Divine and Kelly's a good one. Don't good you or bad. Like, mean, he's, yeah. obvi- he's obviously way ahead of everybody else. Right. But I also think he's... Significantly behind, like Holtz, yeah, he the, is. So, like, not winning a national title—that's a really big deal. It is, but don't sense. you think it's fair to group him with the Divine about? Yes, because it's kind of. Tim, you were there for that Divine era. I mean, that's—it was easier for him to win a title, right? No, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, and yeah, and he had first of all, I he mean, got voted into them too. Yeah, there was a, a he, he had a loss. He won a national title with a ton of talent that wasn't recruited by him. So yeah, and then as far as the Saban Sweeney Meyer thing. Surely you jest. Yeah, I know. That's not a good comparison. Okay. I but, yeah, you know, it's good, it's good to be a three-time coach of the year in college football. No, the, no, there's no doubt. He's done. I mean, he... I, 
He will remind you it's three. So I'm just making sure you guys remember that. <laughs> that was a great line. But Did I'm he? sorry. Yes, at the USC press conference oh. when someone asked him, you know, what, what was harder going undefeated this year, 2012? He said, well, I think it was harder in 2009 in Cincinnati. <laughs> I, and then I, he reached over and patted himself on the back. Did he a, actually yeah. do that? I don't <laughs> know. I, saw we all way. saw it mentally. I do, <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, all right. I've read all the questions, so Here's I'll that. stop talking. Yeah. For a uh, second. Go fight win Irish. Being double-digit dogs and going against a much more seasoned playoff team, do you think Kelly will take the approach that they're playing with house money and play loose, throwing the quote-unquote kitchen sink at Clemson, or do they try to treat it as a business trip and play the same game that got them there? I left out the part about exotic plays and defensive looks. I don't think that they're going to get overly creative with this at all. No, it's I mean, it, it will be the business trip and play the way that you got to 12-0 and 0 in the first place. Because that's what makes sense. Uh, yeah. This question uh, really struck a chord with it me. It did. You were about to write a column. I'm gonna, yeah, it's going to be in Thursday <laughs> Thoughts. Because the whole house money stuff is... I mean, what do you you think that Notre Dame's just like, well they're, well, they're happy to be here. And if Clemson kicks her ass, then, well, they, they got there. I mean, they're, it, we saw... I mean, to a man, the players are not thinking this way, man. And Brian Kelly is not thinking this way. He was talking the other day about, you know, when we did our instant analysis, Tim, in front of the the play like a champion sign with the with the, the records on there. They haven't done, they haven't reached that yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't. This isn't. I mean, they're if they get hammered by Clemson, it the the players are going to be distraught for. for if you For lose, you're distraught. But yeah. you can, obviously, you can reconcile it a month later if you lose a great game. But I, I guess, but man, <clears throat> not this, this isn't. You know, they're not going to like it. throw anything against the wall and see what sticks and see if it works against Clemson. They're trying to beat Clemson. The best way I can kind of see, there's no bigger underdog recently than Notre Dame against Kentucky in basketball. You know, and and Mike Bray with all his hey we're loose we're do whatever, he got angry in the in the interviews pregame the, the, where he was saying like. I have pros on my team. This is not just some group of little Cougars running out there trying to figure out an upset. Like, no coach and players take it, don't take enough pride in their actual ability to think, yeah. man, I can't believe we're on the same field with Clemson. We're just going to see what happens when we're out there. That's, They're 12-0. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, and, and there was no bigger underdog story than that one than the Mike Bray. Right. He was offended by the fact that I that think be. that if, if go fight, win, go Irish, if the question was more about, like, do you have to get extra creative... I, I would still say no, but if you deleted Clemson from this question and inserted Alabama, I'm not sure I would answer it the same way. Like I, I do think if they were playing Alabama, they would have to like In all right, f- we've gotta like step outside our comfort zone and come up with something a little bit different opposed to like just let's play the way that So they may have there. to do that on January seventh. Yes. I, I don't I don't disagree with that. I guess December twenty ninth I think keep going with what you're Yeah, and I I, I apologize to go fight when go Irish if I if if I the the No phrase, the tenor the of his fr- question was fine. It was yeah, because the, 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 the phrase house money is what gets under is the burr under my saddle because I don't think anybody at Notre Dame feels like it's they're playing with house money going against Clemson. They they Intend to defeat Clemson and are going to do everything they possibly can, but not get not get outside their parameters. You know, just throwing stuff against the wall to no, see what might work. I think they're just happy that, um, or they're pleased that they have time now and guys getting healthy like Jafar Armstrong, where the wrinkles that they still haven't been able to use in the off that are part of the offense. It's not new; it's part of the offense. There's more install for Notre Dame, right? Just like there was more install for Syracuse and USC. There's more install now. You can go to Chip Long's. And, 
he could get more of what Chip Long yeah. wants to do involved. And we do have a question about Jafar Armstrong coming up, but we move on to C- uh, CMU Penn's fan. Most important play of the year, Jalen Elliott's pass breakup versus Vanderbilt, Dexter Williams' 97-yard run versus Virginia Tech, or Drew Tranquil's fumble recovery versus USC? Elliott. First and goal at the nine, up five. You're not going to get the ball back. I think it's Tranquil's fumble recovery at USC. I mean, I think if USC scored a touchdown right before halftime, Their confidence that, that been. USC would have won the game. I think Vandy would have won on first and goal at the nine, too, though. Well, I would have. I mean, we were pretty. I was, at least. I think you guys were yeah. close. Like, yep. Jalen Elliott was there when the, when the ball was incomplete. I'm not sure if he broke he it. He landed on it. As, he Julie, was, as Julie Love said, he kept going. Yeah, he, and that he made it yeah. very hard to catch. Oh, that yeah, I give, I give Elliott credit yeah. for that yeah. play. He, he was you're in right. the right place. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's a hard pass to hold on to, man. And first of all, the dude. That was a good player, too. Yeah, Let's first of all, the dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because his feet came out from under him, is way up in the air, landing on his back with Jalen Elliott falling on top yeah. of him. Yeah, we all live thought he caught it, too. We are like, ooh. Well, he did. He, yeah. he, it, <laughs> it, it, it was caught yeah. initially. Yes. I guess the same principle. Like if that catch is made, then I think probably Notre Dame loses that game too. But um, I guess I feel like they were more likely to lose at USC if USC scores a touchdown there than they were at home against Vanderbilt if if that catch is made. That was a pretty huge fumble recovery by Tranquil. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the question is most important, and yeah. there are, there are different interpretations of that depending upon what time of year we're looking at here. I Dick, the Dexter Williams ninety seven yard run would be the last on my list here, but I hear where I hear where both of you are coming from. Uh, at P Coates ten, why do you think the sports media rarely talks about graduation rates of NCAA football uh, teams? He's answering his own question. It's the sports media, not the chronicle of higher education. We cover football. It's kind of boring too to talk about. It is. Well, I don't. Do you think it is boring? To do you talk think? Do you think the professors at Notre Dame talk to the regular students about their athleticism? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, it is. What? Look. I don't think the professors talk to the football players about their athleticism the, in class. The, the top students are recognized. <laughs> the top student athletes are always recognized. I know that's different than graduation rates, but it is boring. Talking. Well, I mean, it just flat doesn't matter. You've chosen to be. You've chosen this. This. Forum to to play in. Notre Dame has chosen to try to win national titles in football, right. and it's great that they graduate most of their players. It's fantastic, it's and it's important. It's the mission of the school of the program. It is. It's but important to that. It's important. <laughs> it's not fun to talk about it. No, it's important to Notre Dame. But in in a football game, as soon as it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter during the game at all. Like as soon as the playoff game against Clemson starts with Notre Dame up three zero because of its graduation rates, then we'll talk about it. Until you, then, probably not. Do you know that right before kickoff, I'll never forget this, against Alabama, they announced Notre Dame was number one in the nation in, in graduation rate, and there was a polite clap from the crowd and a pretty good roar from Notre Dame, and then they kicked off. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot of courage. This isn't making fun of graduation rates at all. No. It's a separate, it's a totally separate thing from football. Yes. It is separate. I want to give uh, Pete Coates 10 credit, and a lot of other people that, that submit their questions to us, and... You know, we we he's frustrated we tear because apart. he's frustrated because Notre Dame graduates eighty seven percent of their athletes, and Georgia graduated forty two percent of their football and, players. So, but at Clemson was like number it was like seventy percent. I saw really? on a recent that's thing, good. but I don't know what year. You never know what year they're pulling that's from. That's good. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a, look, it's really it's hard a, to tell what it, years they're pulling from. It's, it's not a, like it's last year. Those guys, people go pro, you don't graduate. Right. It's an imbalanced playing field that Notre Dame 
plays on, but they choose to play on that. I will say 87% is better than 99 because 87% means you have guys that are good enough to go pro early and they haven't got, they get a certain <laughs> amount of years to get to six. That's true. At Tony G underscore NJ, will Chip Long use Clemson's pass rush against the Tigers by going to the screen pass and utilizing Tony Jones, Dexter Williams as receivers early to set the tone? I mean, he's definitely going to use some misdirections and backs yeah. coming up the backfield because I mean, you're not, not lining up and running it on purpose 35 times. Yeah, yeah. back to what you had said the other day, Pete. I mean, you they are, they are not just going to – I mean, they're just not going to line up and run between the tackles That's, and be successful. They're just – they're not. No, they're, they're think, not. You know, whether it's the screen pass, whether it's two backs, whether it's running wide, what? but mostly I think the quick passing game. Like, yeah, that – that can be screen passes, but I think it can be a lot of other things too. I think that's where uh, that's where Notre Dame and, and that's not using Clemson's defensive line talent against them. It's a way to like make it not so devastating. I think that's probably a better, more accurate way yeah. to describe. And I that. think it and I think it it takes a little bit of time for Chip Long to like get into his playbook, yeah, and, right? You know, what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean to to to. To screw up Clemson's eye discipline a little bit, it takes a little bit of time. That's to why do you that. have to run into that line and get a yard once in a while too. Absolutely, just be like, oh, we're not. Gonna no, you have I to. Mean, you, you, it, the first half, you you got to run once. Yeah, in a while. I don't, did you did you guys watch yeah. Chip Long's uh, Broyles Award? Uh, to, like all the candidates got up and gave a quick mm-hmm. spiel, and like he was up there and he was talking about how uh, somebody was asking him if it was awkward that uh, Jeff Scott was there, the Clemson's co-offensive coordinator, and he's like. Not at all, but I mean, if their defensive line coach was here, I mean, geez, that that would make me pretty nervous. So, yeah, it's like that's they're going to be very difficult to block conventionally, probably impossible to block conventionally. So they're going to have to be creative about it. And I think the quick passing game and the screen game, like uh, Tony G N J brings up, are are good ways to approach it. Yes, at at runny syrup. Injury and Dexter Williams kept Jafar Armstrong from building off his first two games. With five weeks to recover and game plan, will Notre Dame get this kid involved in the Cotton Bowl? He hasn't been healthy since game four. I mean, he he's, he they put him in the Navy game. They overworked him. And they yeah, he was really good in the Navy yeah, game. It, you got to learn to run when you're... As we we talked about it in August. You got re-injured. Yeah, it's just... He's going to be healthy. He's going to be part of... They like him. He's going to be part of the offense. Yeah. He can do the. He's he's a weapon downfield to Tony Jones. Tony Jones is a really good receiving weapon. I had a story this week. Yeah, you know, they threw to him six times this year, five first downs, touchdown. Wow, and six catches. Yeah, but it's one was a you know swing yeah. pass that went nowhere. Yeah. He's a weapon, but Jafar Armstrong is a downfield weapon as a running back. He and, is, and also you can get him in that spot because he can split out once he starts in the backfield, and it's not like they have. Yeah, it's like on I had Tony Jones targeted eight times, six catches. So okay, yeah, I had six and six. Yeah, and I had uh, Jafar Armstrong thirteen targets, twelve catches. Yeah, wow. I had so yeah both, and Dexter Williams was thirteen for sixteen. So there, I mean, all three of them were. <laughs> Thank you, Ian Book. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah, good lord, pretty pretty reliable there. But you know, just in terms of snaps played, you know, in terms of Jafar Armstrong's usage, you know, he played twenty two snaps against Florida State. But Northwestern six, Syracuse five, USC one, you know Pitt zero, Virginia Tech zero, Stanford zero yeah, with the knee yeah. infection. And then he he only had fifteen against Navy. So like, well, he got a I lot wouldn't of say out. he got a lot of over touches in those fifteen though. But well, I mean, Brian was, Kelly thought he yeah, Brian yeah, Kelly was, said he's over. I mean, he got injured, so I guess he was <laughs> yeah, overworked. Right. But uh, it wasn't like he was out there fifty-two plays. Yeah, um, I you know I think um, 
I mean, I, I don't want to predict that, oh, yeah, Jafar Armstrong is going to get this many snaps. I do, and we've talked about it before on our podcast, the, the two back with with Williams has been, it's been effective. They trust Jones again, um, and from the two-year-old Tony Jones fan club, I would like to announce that I'd like to see Jafar Armstrong in full strength with Dexter Williams, because Jafar Armstrong can beat good athletes. Also, if I, let me correct myself. I was looking at a run plays only. Yeah, he was involved. So Jafar Armstrong, the last five games, 30 snaps against Navy, 11 against Northwestern, 30 against Florida State, 9 against Syracuse, 2 against USC. Boy, he got a nice 9 against Syracuse. Untouched touchdown. They look cool. And yeah. yeah. That's fun. Yeah. That's how you don't get overworked. All right, last question from at Dan O'Brien, 1972. Clemson is beatable and has played no one this year. Why it, was, is, it was all caps, by the way. Just, it was. That's why I said it that yeah. way. Why is the media touting them as unbeatable when it comes to Notre Dame? Who's, who's counting them as unbeatable? Does anyone? I I haven't read the unbeatable. Well, the point yet. spread the point spreads eleven and a half. I want to get into the play. No one. Okay, go. Clemson, when you watch them play football, is really good at it. Yep. Notre Dame, when you watch them play football, is really good at it. And Notre Dame, compared to Clemson, has played one team to zero of any merit. Michigan. Syracuse is pretty good. Texas A&M is pretty good. No, I mean, they both played Syracuse. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. they're, they're not of merit. Syracuse isn't in the conversation for the college football playoffs. This is a level jump. There's Notre Dame hasn't played a bunch of great teams either this year. We're going to find out who the better team is because they're both really good teams. And you watch them play, you can tell they're good teams. I know you can't use the eye test to put a team in the playoff, but does anyone look at Clemson and think, man, if they just played some better teams, I don't think they would really... I think they'd be getting gashed. I would, like, to... Put a finer point, like, Clemson is the better team. That doesn't mean Clemson's going to win the game. No. no like, Clemson is, Clemson is definitely... Clemson doesn't have to prove how good yeah. they are. But... Clemson is beatable. This will be Clemson's toughest game. In the same way, it will also be Notre Dame's toughest game. And that's that's fine. Um, I guess my point is, I think Notre Dame deserved to be in the playoffs. But when say Clemson played no one this year, Notre Dame then played one team. Yeah, I, it, once Wait. once you say that played no one, that's yeah. like that's an automatic. I turn it off. I do. It's a Twitter I mean, te- Texas A and M's eight and four. Uh, NC State's nine and three. That, and I know you can't measure it this way, but they played ten, they played ten bowl teams in thirteen games. Notre Dame played eight and twelve games. I mean, there is no there is no Michigan on their There's schedule, only, but yeah. but Notre, like, but Michigan's the only Michigan on Notre Dame's schedule right, too. There's right. not another team like that. And I equate this to, I mean, that would be like saying. A five-star recruit doesn't play against good competition, so he's not that good. And it gets back to what you said initially, Tim. Watch, I mean, watch Clemson play. You mean to, when you watch Clemson play, you don't think that Dexter Lawrence and and Cleveland Farrell and you don't Travis think those and Travis Etienne, you you don't think those are great players? Tell, I mean, Trevor Lawrence. See what, you don't watch Trevor. You can't watch Trevor Lawrence and not think he's going to be. He's, not, he's a great player now. Christian he's going Wilkins? to be out of this world. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, uh, trade Drew Tranquil for the academic Heisman. Trey, Trey Lamar at linebacker. Snub. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Bullworth Award. Maybe somebody found out Tranquil is done. Uh, they're good. I mean, they're really good. There's a reason why they're eleven and a half point favorite. The 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 people that put the money that influence those type of lines. I, I mean. They're they're a great football team. Notre Dame is a very very good to great football team as well. They can beat Clemson, sure, but 
Clemson. It has nothing to do with Clemson's schedule if Notre Dame beats them. (laughs) They're not exposed. They weren't overrated. Notre Dame just beat them. It's not Clemson's (laughs) fault that their schedule wasn't more difficult. They have absolutely no control over that. Same with Notre Dame. That was my point. Stanford and USC are supposed to be good. Right. (laughs) They just weren't. And the the, the 10 bowl teams that Clemson played, they beat them by 26.1 points per game. I mean, all they can do is hammer them, and they did. So, I mean, they're good. if, If it... If it makes you feel better to think that they're not good between now and December 29th, go for it, man. I mean, you'll, you'll feel you'll feel better about it. But in a, in a, in a, you know, again, I can't emphasize enough. Nordin can win the game, of course they can. But Clemson's a better football team. Yeah, that's I mean, that's look, how they, I feel. They that's, lead the nation in yards per carry, and they lead the nation in yards per carry allowed. Those are two pretty good. Stats. That's my that's my biggest concern is that the 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 two areas where Clemson has the biggest advantage on Nordin is running the football. And run defense. Those are important ones. <laughs> they run the football better than Notre Dame runs the I mean, football. Like and their run defense. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Run it's defense. Like, well, their number one return game yeah. is lethal. Run like, defense is number one for me, too. Yeah. I mean, those are both crucial. But run defense is where they have the bigger. I, I, I don't think Notre Dame can line up, as we've just said multiple times, line up and run the ball on Clemson, where I could see Notre Dame's front seven playing really well against Clemson. Like, to mitigate the fact that yes. they have a, such a good running game. I mean, Nordheim's front seven is yes, really, really, absolutely. really, really right. good. I think Nordheim's offensive line is going to just. Have yeah, a they've lot got. Of you know, I mean, they average two hundred sixty yards rushing a game. They can't. Nordheim can't. They, yeah, they've I don't got. Think it's they've got to be yeah. like the Stanford game where they don't. No, <laughs> but it's going to. But I, I think you got to hold them under two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Once again. Uh, at Dan O'Brien, nineteen seventy-two, we appreciate our readers <laughs> no, that ask questions the... and know that we're that somebody like me, especially, is going to really beat him up from it. Pete hit the nail on the head though when it's when I see they've played no one. Like literally, that's the argument people are using against Notre Dame that they've played no one, and it's so it makes no sense. I mean, they of course they play good teams. Look, they, if you play ten Power Five teams and two of them win their half of crappy conferences, and one of them is Michigan. And then, like, your easy game is USC, your rival on the road. Of course, right. What are you saying? Like, what do you, you not watch sports? We, 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 I'm not talking to uh, Dan O'Brien, to, you know, sports. You can't but dismiss teams as, as easily. People as are them. dismissing just, Notre Dame for not playing anyone. How would we dismiss Clemson for not playing anybody if you're a Notre Dame fan? Like, you should be... Everyone knows who the best teams are. One team didn't get in. You know what? They lost twice. They shouldn't have. It's like Alabama. <laughs> Clemson is, is good enough that they make somebody's. Look like nobodies, and then you're like Clemson has has only has only played nobodies. It's because they beat the crap out of them. But like, just just watch ten minutes of a Clemson game. You'll come away thinking like, man, these guys are really good. There was one point where we were I don't know where we were on the road. I watched Trevor Lawrence throwing when they played Florida State. Wherever we were, it must have been uh, San Diego. And I was like, what in the world? The ball, I thought, the ball gets there so fast. And then they put that graphic up that he throws at sixty four miles yeah. per hour. I mean, and Aaron Rodgers just, is and he's got. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's got, he has such a, a a free and easy, loose throwing motion. It is good that he's a freshman for this game as opposed to a junior, though. I will no doubt. I, wrote, I will, I will and that. I actually wrote about that today because it's way better to have a guy starting his tenth game than his thirtieth game. Now that doesn't mean it's going to be good enough. No, Dame will get that in twenty twenty when Trevor Lawrence comes up. Yeah, right. Uh, well, yeah, okay, he'll still be there. Yeah, right? he, has he has to, to still be there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean he's good, and and is he going to face a pass rusher he hasn't seen? Absolutely, absolutely. So, but they're still good. Yeah, they are still good. <laughs> All right, we you know we really didn't get a whole lot into Clemson. Uh, I'm trying to watch some, some at least some film on them every day, so we'll start talking talking more about that next week. Uh, they're good. 
they're good. Notre Dame's good too. It'll be it'll be an excellent matchup. I did before we. I, I did want to comment, Pete, on something you said the other day about the point spread. What you thought it would be more like five or six somewhere I thought, in yeah, that vicinity. I thought like a, it would be a touchdown game. Not, yeah, I, not a two score. I game. would. Yeah, I, I mean, I, for me, like I could see seven and a half, eight. I do think eleven and a half is that's pretty high. I mean, I think that's higher than it needs to be or should be. Now the betters will determine whether it stays there or not, but. Yeah, you can bring it down if you want to. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll need, I'll, I'll need to borrow money from you to do that. So, all right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll be back on Monday, right? We'll be back on Monday. This has been Irish Illustrated Insider. Thanks for joining us. Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by Anderson, Augustino, and Keller, Attorneys at Law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino, and Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com.